It's podcast number 31 at joettecalabrese.com, and we've got an exciting new interview series for you called Dads with Audacity. Each day from my office, I get to see how homeopathy is transforming lives all over the globe, and I want to share them with you. Some of my students have really caught my eye. Some of you have done all you can to learn how to cure those around you using homeopathic medicines, and your successes inspire me. They're glorious and powerful, and I can't keep these successes a secret any longer. So, with help from my roving reporters, we bring you a mini podcast series that I call Moms with Moxie, and sometimes we even interview dads with audacity. See how regular mothers and others, average people who want to cure those around them, have gone from freaking to fabulous with homeopathy. Right, Joette, we've got a pretty special treat for our listeners today. We are launching a new podcast concept. We're hoping this will inspire listeners to reach out to your podcast team and give us some more content. So go ahead, tell us what this new podcast series is going to be about. Well, the new series is, you know, you know, we have moms with moxie, and so we thought we ought to have dads with audacity. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> um, and so with that, we're looking for, and we found uh, several dads who do have audacity and have used homeopathy and or are using it regularly and, and how they support their wives with it or how they've used it independently of them or how they used it as children um, or they've used it on the job, et cetera, um, in their, in their uh, sports events, in the gym, and they share the information. All of that is what we're looking for from from these dads with audacity. Now, you know, just as we use the word moms, we don't mean necessarily women who have given birth to children because women have a tendency to be mothers to animals and their neighbors and to livestock, etc. And so dads don't have to be actually a father, but they can be men. But we like alliteration. <laughs> so uh, we like... Actually the D and the D. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So um, um, so it can be men in general. So it doesn't have to be only fathers. Um, but most of them turn out to be fathers. So um, this, is, this, is our, this is our move forward into um, embracing a larger um, extent of the community. Well, and I also think that what when we were kind of developing this concept, Joette, we realized that, you know, a lot of, this is what, what I see happening, at least in my study groups when I teach it with my students, is you'll, you'll get these moms, and they will do their homework, and they'll buy the kids, and they have the books, and they're all like, they're all ready to go, and they're just crossing their fingers, waiting for something to happen, and the kid comes out with ear infection, and then the dad steps in, and he, he ends up sometimes being more of a hindrance than a support, and so we thought, you know, maybe it would help, you know, these women to, um, to help bring their husbands into the fold by giving them voices from other guys. You right. know, how they, how they navigate the homeopathy waters, you know. Right, right. Yeah, because it is, it, in most families, it turns out to be the woman's job. And so we're hoping that the dads, if they're not interested in homeopathy, at least they uh, bow to the understanding that their wives have some expertise in mothering and caring for their children and have taken this, this, this task of learning and using and supplying the family with homeopathy to the degree that it would be uh, something that they could respect. Right. Yep. I love that. And well, a lot of men also tell me, fathers tell me what they love about it is that they uh, cuts their medical bills to a fraction. 
but vet veterinary bills uh, can be cut down to a fraction. And um, I think that can make a big difference, especially in a world where health insurance may end up being just catastrophic insurance, which in my estimation is really the best way to buy health insurance and not to have insurance for, you know, a child's ear infection and every little event that comes down the pike. And so then you're paying out of pocket for those events. But if you're paying out of pocket and buying medicines and learning homeopathy and putting your education first instead of the insurance company's premium first, then you might find that in the end, many men will, will embrace this. Mm -hmm. That's right. I think, I think the numbers speak to the guys for sure. <laughs> yes. That's great. And um, I have to say, you know, I've interviewed now five guys. Um, starting with today's uh, debut interview, which we're going to talk about in a moment. But what I found interesting is that all of the guys actually don't know much about homeopathy. They rely on the women in their lives. They kind of line up like baby birds, I like to joke. You know how the baby birds open their mouth and the mom comes and just drops remedies inside their mouths. And so that's kind of how they, they do it. But they love it because it works and they get the results that they want and they see their family thriving. So why don't you, would you like to, inter to introduce the next, our first debut dad with Audacity? Yeah, our first debut is, or our first dad to speak is my husband, Perry. And we've been married for 31 plus years. Uh, we have three children. They're all adults now. And I discovered homeopathy when I was pregnant with my, with our first son. So that was, uh, I don't know, 30, 29, 30 years ago. <clears throat> and, um, and I found it because um, I was looking at the time I had planned on not wanting, I would planned on not using antibiotics for my children. I'd been harmed by antibiotics myself, so I needed to find an alternative. And I knew about herbs. I'd been taking care, you know, raising plants and uh, wild crafting, et cetera, and making my own uh, botanicals myself, uh, my tinctures, et cetera. And certainly I used essential oils. I mean, it was part of my toolkit. But once I found homeopathy, it really made great sense. So when I found it, I declared it to him, to Perry, of course. And he was, you know, it was just one more declaration as far as he was concerned because I declared the essential oils and I declared organic foods. And, you know, I made all the, I declared that I wanted to have home births, et cetera. And he just kind of, yeah, okay, well, you do the research. And <clears throat> when I have to, uh, the, the reason that I married my husband, the reason I was attracted to him in the first place was because he was the quintessential gentleman. He um, on our first date, he always opened doors from that time forward. Even to this day, when I went to the ladies' room and we were at a restaurant, he's to this day, he stands up when I leave the table, stands up as I return to the table. He is the perfect gentleman. And I think part of being a gentleman is knowing what you're capable of and having the confidence in what you're doing in life. And then, um, and, uh, and in relationship to that, what your spouse is capable of doing and having respect for her. And that's really what manners and gentlemanliness um, is really all about when you think about it. It's just respecting others. And so I've always felt that respect from him. Um, sometimes I didn't deserve it. <laughs> but <clears throat> plenty of times I suppose I did. Uh, but uh, that was a big part of the relationship. He never said, you don't know what you're talking about. How could you possibly know these things? He assumed that when he saw how I dove into these kinds of um, subjects that I went in all the way up to my eyeballs. Mm -hmm. 
And so he felt confident, I believe, and comfortable knowing that. Plus, to be honest, I think he had his plate, plate full and he didn't want to take it on himself. Right. So um, and so respect for my desire not to set to be taking our kids to the pediatrician and to have whole foods in the house and even put up with my my preliminary diets. I think he, I don't know if he even talked about this in this in this uh, um, this conversation that he had with you. But, you know, he put up with my my microbiotic and my diets and my and all of the diets that I put us through where we ate lots of kale he still complains about kale and I just don't buy it anymore because he hated it so much right right so juicing kale etc so that my husband is uh, because he's respectful um, I think that's why it was an automatic for him. I didn't have to convince him of the efficacy of homeopathy but nonetheless he saw it and he saw it regularly. And I didn't, I didn't win every time. I didn't win. I didn't uh, cure every single condition that came down the pike with a plum. But uh, it happened enough times that he's, you know, his confidence grew in me over time as well. Right. right. And that's an important thing. And, and just allowing that observation to occur, giving room for observation and for her to do her, her thing, I think is, is the best way to go. You know, um, all right, so let's listen to that podcast. Let's listen to the interview. Okay. Today I'm going to interview someone that is pretty cool and pretty special to Joette. And it's someone that you've probably heard of, but you've never met before here on Joette's podcast. He's the guy who makes sure the lights are on, the office stays connected to the internet, the computers are all running, the emails go out on time, and the bills get paid. And he's kind of like many of your husbands. What I like about Perry is he reminds me of, you know, in The Wizard of Oz, where you have the wizard hiding behind the curtain doing all the work to make everything run. Well, that's Perry. And so let me welcome Perry, who is Joette's husband. Hi, Perry. How are you? Hi, Paula. Wow, I never thought of myself that way. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, well, good. You should. You do, you do a lot of work for Joette. But you are always kind of behind the scenes, you know, and giving Joette the spotlight. And I think you kind of like that. Is that right? I do. I like being in the support function. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on this podcast with us because I know that you like being kind of in the background, but you have an interesting story and I think it's great to hear the perspective from some of you guys. So I appreciate you being willing to be with us. Sure. Pardon my voice. I am kind of under the weather. I'm getting over a little cold here. I don't get them very often. So don't worry, Perry. I'm taking Sanguinaria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've used it before in the past, right? For sinus. Oh, yeah. So, Perry, tell me a little bit about your background. Going back two generations, my grandfather and my great-grandfather were engineers. My father and his only brother were engineers, and my brother is an engineer. I am the only non-engineer, I guess, what's that, in two generations wow. uh, of Smiths. And there's probably more Smiths in there as well. I chose a different path. I went to college to become a doctor. I was in a pre-med program. But probably the latter part of my junior year, the beginning of my senior year, I decided that's probably did not want to continue on for another four or five years of med school. I actually toyed with the idea of chiropractic. My roommate went on to chiropractic. And this would have been in the late 60s or the very early 70s probably would have been retired by now, though I likely would not have met Joette. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think it's a good thing that you didn't become <laughs> a doctor because that probably wouldn't have worked out too good. <laughs> no, 
That's right. Well, very good. So being in the engineering background and your, your family having that history, how do you think that has influenced your initial thoughts about homeopathy and perhaps your family's opinion of it as well initially? Well, that's an interesting question because obviously everyone knows engineers like deal with empirical thought. Show me the facts. And early on in our homeopathic journey, there were no facts for me to go with. It was all clinical-based results. I watched Joette uproot her problems, her chemical sensitivities, and then I watched what she did with our children, first Perry and then Peter and then Giuseppe. And that was all I needed. I was able to give up on the need for empirical fact-based check. And I went with what I saw. I went with my gut. And it was pretty clear Joette was making it happen. Especially for men. Initially, when they look into homeopathy, they don't run into the facts, the empirical data, like you were saying, right away. That usually comes secondary. Am I right? I guess, yeah. I, I never thought about it, but go ahead. Well, I think so, but I want to let you moms out there who are listening to this who would like to convince their husbands that, Perry, you have taken the time to provide Joette's followers with a really great document that has a lot of that information. Why don't you tell them about that? We've been accumulating ourselves just searching the web. We actually had a researcher doing it for us one summer, and then I came across a document that was 200 pages of single space just research. And then I gave it to one of our staff just to check the links, to make sure the links were all active. But that 200 pages, single space, just research on homeopathy. And there's some great fellows. There's some great people out there. There's Dr. Iris Bell. She's a senior PhD medical doctor who's doing extensive research. And then, of course, there's the Banerjee's in India which we've now spent six years, six fellowships. I go along with Joette there. And then there's John Bennett, who has a blog that talks about the activity and the background of homeopathy. So there's a lot out there to find if you look for it. Right. If you know where to look, you've got to be able to filter out the negative. Right. With your background, with your family, the engineering, the pre-med, you know there's a need for those kind of evidentiary empirical data and you've provided that for Joette's listeners and the way you find that data is you go to Joette's homepage and you look under community and if you don't have a login just create a quick login it's free and you will find that information right there in the community section I think that's really valuable so thank you as well some photographs of Joette in India and some interesting stuff and also some infographics we create for many of our courses will be there to download for free too so there's a lot of stuff there But, you know, it's interesting, Paula, you mentioned the need to know why this works. For me, I was too busy running my business, creating a place for Joette to support Joette so that she could raise our children. It was clear early on we wanted to have that separation. She ran the house. She raised the kids. I got involved in the homeschooling. But I had a business to run during the day. I didn't have time, nor did I want to spend the time. It was clear to me. She knew what she was doing. I was seeing the results. That's all I needed. Right. You know, Perry, I think that's a really very fascinating and interesting point. You knew Joette loved your kids, and you trusted her in her role to do what she had to do. Exactly. 
Perry, why do you think nowadays it's such a hang-up with some couples in their marriage where the husband is really pushing back against their wife who's doing the research, she's taking study groups, she's studying Joette's classes, she's buying her remedies, she's got her books, and then the second that ear infection blows through, she's having to deal with an ear infection and like a husband who's saying, don't do this. I don't know if I have the answer, Paula. I suspect it's deep. I mean, it's trust, it's willingness to give up responsibility, defer responsibility to your partner. Right. It's maturity of the marriage. There's a lot of things there. You and Joette, you guys were married a little bit older. I met Jason at 19 and I got married at 20. So we were young. I think maybe that has something to do with it. You guys had that wisdom. You're right. We were in our late 30s. And when Giuseppe came along, Joette was 45. 43. 43, yeah, 43. It could be, Paula. It could be a lot of things. But you know what I found? I saw how successful Joette was in dealing with the acute things that came down the path with our kids. Right. And as I said, it worked for us. I didn't need to get involved. I had too many other things to do. It didn't need for me to go there. Right. you got to understand something about Joette. When we say she's got gut spunk and moxie, she does. And there was no reason that I was going to go up against that and have a big blown up <laughs> argument. It wasn't going to happen. You kind of have to assert yourself as the mom when in your gut you really want to do this and you know it's going to be good for your kid. You know, I think it's just kind of the art of marriage and working it out and talking it out. But it is something that you need to work through and get to the other side of if you want to do homeopathy. Yeah, I don't know why any guy would want to take on more responsibility in a marriage. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. And every mom that I've had an opportunity to meet in this organization, in this movement, clearly is committed to right. what they're doing. Like you, Paul, clearly right. committed to taking care of the kids. And if the husband doesn't see that, well, you know, it's kind of like, Slap them across the face. <laughs> On the back of the head. <laughs> you have to have that conversation in your marriage because this is really for the betterment of not only your children, but your future generations. That's why we're here. The purpose of marriage is to have children. Bring these people into the world and what better way to bring them into the world than to give them a medicine that's going to grow them, which is going to treat them in the best way possible. We want them to grow. You know, we have an expression in our house and that is, when we fall, we always fall forward. Mm-hmm. We don't fall backwards. If we have a problem and we get a slight bump in the road, we always consider that we're falling forward. We right. get up and we keep going. Right. And I think that's exactly what is at the core of your message with Joette, because it really is you two together. This message is something that, you know, Joette's kind of the spokesperson, but you're right there with her. I think at the core of the message of Joette's version of homeopathy is empowering families, strengthening families. And that is through health. And that comes down to then your marriage needs to be strengthened and you need to figure this out to know how to take care of your families. Because what's that thing Joette says? Only professionals in white lab coats and other dictocrats, so to speak, hold the corner in raising children. That's kind of how society thinks of it. But really, Joette's trying to give that power back to families and to moms. Well, I think it's coming around. I have read articles that says that even the millennials now are more willing for the mom to stay home. Yeah. And it's coming around. It's the right way. It really is the right way. And if for some reason that can't happen, the mom and the dad and that financial point in their careers have to both work, 
I understand that too. Sure. But then they share. There was the time when I was helping Joette raise the kids. I would get get up very early in the morning. I'd get up at five in the morning and read for an hour and a half to the kids. That's and then I'd go off to work and then she would take over. So right. it's a give and take. Yeah. And it's just that face value you think when you learn homeopathy, you're learning about just how to take care of your kids. But really, it kind of encompasses all facets of life, the marriage, the family, the health, the way you think about health. It's political. It's religious. It's, it has all these layers to it that all of a sudden you're like, shoot, I just wanted to treat this ear infection. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's taking on responsibility. And with responsibility, and if you're successful at it, you're going to gain a special confidence. And that confidence is going to carry you forward. Yep. It is you're right. really, you're right, Paula. It's a lifestyle change, but it's a real positive lifestyle change. Right. It's natural for women to take on this healing role. It's a good thing. It's a positive. It's, in, it's probably instinctual. And as a guy, it's very empowering for a guy to be able to support that. Yes. That lifestyle that his wife wants to take on. Why is it empowering? Help me understand that. Why to you does that feel empowering to support your wife in that kind of a lifestyle? Well, think of yourself as a warrior. You know, we go out every morning and we don't have to go out and kill the wildebeest. But no, we, we go out, we earn enough money to be able to allow your spouse to choose to stay at home or maybe work less. Maybe only have to work two days or three days a week. But to be able to dedicate more of her time to her children, because I think that's instinctual. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I love what you just said. I'm going to press pause if you're listening to this rewind and hear that again, because it's true. I love it that you see that giving this to Joette empowers you. And that's how you should see this in a marriage. When your kids are healthy and strong, your son's a pilot now. The other two sons are successful in college and one runs his own business. That's all thanks to health. Right. Let's shift gears a little bit here and talk about how about dealing with your parents, Joette's in-laws, because I'm thinking back about how they had the engineering background and, and maybe homeopathy wouldn't have been so natural to them. When's the last time they've been to the doctor for a checkup or are they updated on their vaccines? How did you navigate that from a husband's role? There was probably early on, there may have been a little bit of tension, but we just, we wouldn't broach the subject with them. So we didn't put it out in front of them. We didn't brag that we didn't go to the doctor for every little cut, bruise, cold. Uh, we didn't brag that they hadn't taken antibiotics. If they asked, we would say everything was normal. Right. We didn't mislead them. We just said everything was fine. They saw yeah. the kids were healthy. But after a while, you know, my mother learned not to ask. But near the end, she was very supportive of Joanne. Wow. It, it was kind of like she learned what we're doing just by watching. Yes. I can imagine, you know, all these grandmothers today sitting in their circles talking about their grandkids. And how would you like to be the grandma with the kids that are healthy or whose mom is actively trying to uproot these chronic things? Whereas everybody else is on the choo-choo train that takes them to more prescriptions and more prescriptions. Oh, yeah. No, my mother became, oh, my gosh, we have to, we have to slow her down. <laughs> <laughs> she was so proud of her daughter-in-law and the mm -hmm. success that she was having raising her children that uh, she wanted to shout it from the rooftops. Right. And that's what happens. It may take a little bit of a while, but that's what happens. Right, if you allow it. And I really think 
if you're prayerful, you know, to kind of get that guidance and to really thoughtfully work through these conflicts, you'll be shown kind of the right way to get through it and get to the other side of it with the least amount of conflict. Mm-hmm. Perry, let's hear just a couple of stories. I think we all know about your food poisoning story. And if you don't, just go to Joette's blog. Perry likes turkey, whether it's fresh or gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah. She has a great blog. and I mean, you were pretty sick. I mean, I, I think Joette kind of watered it down for the article a little bit, but how bad was that food poisoning from that turkey? <laughs> I was in and out of consciousness. I was in quite a bit of pain. I was in and out of consciousness. I remember Joette leaning over me, putting remedies in my mouth, but I was so out of it, I didn't have a clue. I guess I assumed that I'd been poisoned by the turkey. Believe me when I tell you, I was not in that room. Wow. Um, I was clearly somewhere else, but she brought me back and, and never thankful for that. But that was not the first time I, you know, that was the first time I'd experienced it, but I had another situation. I remember I went over skiing, I live across the street from the ski area and went over for myself one evening. I wanted to get three or four runs in and I was skiing down a particularly difficult passage on the hill. And at night it was not lit as well as it should have been. And I skied over the top of a ridge, came down a steep section, and into a field of slalom gates. And and if those that have skied know what slalom gates are, they're basically plastic poles that are stuck in the ground. You're supposed to ski around them. I came into the field of them, and I didn't see the pattern. All I saw was a mass of blue poles in front of me. And I hit one, and I started tumbling. We call it a garage sale. When you when you end up at the bottom of the hill with nothing, you know, your gloves are even gone, uh, your hat's gone, your skis are somewhere, your poles are gone. And I laid there and I wiggled my fingers. I had knew I had fallen in such a way that I had bent my my head forward onto my chest. Oh, I no. just sort of done a forward roll. And I'm sitting there, I'm not really conscious of where I am, except that I know my fingers wiggle and I can move my legs, so I'm assuming nothing is broken. Right. I slowly got up. I found my skis. I had to ski to the bottom, ride the chair to the top. And I walked home. I got home and Joe looked at me. She said, wow, what's wrong with you? So I told her what happened. I said, I'm really out of it. I don't have a clue. I can't remember, but I think it was pretty bad. Well, she gave me a remedy. The following morning, after sleeping a full night's rest, though I was stiff, I was clear-headed again. Um, I can only imagine, had I gone to the hospital, the myriad of tests, CAT scans, x-rays, and everything else I would have gone through, I would have spent the night there under observation. Uh, What you needed was to rest and to heal. And boy, those hospitals, that is not the place to get rest. You get poked and prodded throughout the night. Right. And again, I mean, I came home. I knew something was wrong. I just instinctively went to Joette. She knew what to do. Aconitum 200, and then Arnica 200. Arnica, of course, for the... The head injury, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. And then the next day, Nat Sulf 1M. So Joette gave you Nat Sulf because the next day it was clear that you were still suffering from the concussion. You know, I recovered as quickly as I did. It is not a lasting memory. Right. Um, you know, I remember distinctly before I met Joette, I remember falling off a ladder, breaking my wrist, going to the hospital, getting the pins, the cast. I can mm-hmm. walk you through that whole thing. But this, probably just as severe, if not more severe, because it involved a head injury, 
I don't have a lasting memory of it because it was resolved quickly and easily. Yeah. It's like you didn't have post-traumatic stress because it was such a terrible, you know, like it was awful. You bounce back. So usually when you bounce back from something, it's okay. Mm -hmm. We kind of accept it. Do you have maybe one more story? Joette's talked about one of your sons having been allergic to bees. Yeah. One of our sons was very allergic to bees. And Joette's told this story many times. We decided that we weren't going to raise bees. Now, honeybees are generally friendly. And I think you have bees, Paula, so you know this. When you smoke them, they become relatively docile. And, of course, we're generally covered. But we were back at the house on the back deck, and he got stung. And Mm -hmm. it was incredibly fast and scary how quickly his face puffed up. And I have since looked for the photographs. I can't find them. We did take them at the time. He was unrecognizable. He didn't know who he was. And, of course, the concern is that his throat's going to close up, too. And he was scared, and Joette just gave him lead-up 200 every few minutes, and it started to dissipate. Yeah, that lead-up is a little tricksy because all the materials medica say, you know, it's like cool and not swollen, puncture wound. But I have found that too, that, you know, I had an ant bite on my foot and it, it kind of started swelling up and I kept using apis and it wouldn't work, but Liedem did. And Joette has said that if you listen to her carefully in her classes, she says, Liedem is often really great for bee stings and it kind of can break the rules sometimes. So keep that in mind. Oh, it was, yeah, no, he, I can't even describe it. Totally distorted his face. Wow. And, and his lips all swelled up. We were yep. obviously very worried. But he has since been stung, as you said early on. He has his own landscaping business, and he has since been stung multiple times. And it is no longer an issue for him. But our kids have their own kits, and they know what to do. Mm-hmm. Although, as Joy will tell you, happily, she is as close as a text away. And yeah. it is a great way to stay in touch with your kids That's because true. they text her. Right. Joette remains relevant in their lives. Yeah. A very big part of their lives. And it's not only the boys, but it's the girls in their lives, too. They get involved. It's a beautiful thing. It really is a beautiful thing to share with your kids and and educate them so they move forward. You fit the bill, Perry. You are a dad with audacity. And I just really appreciate you taking the time and showing us your perspective on your homeopathic journey. And we just so appreciate your support with Joette. A little bit in closing here to my fellow fathers out there. This really is a great feeling when you see your wife take on a task like learning homeopathy, becoming successful at it, and gaining a new inner strength. And you can take credit for that because you allowed that to happen by creating that environment. Yeah. And it's good for both of you. It's a great thing. It's good for everyone. It empowers the whole family. Right. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate your time. We love you, Paula. Thank you. What a great interview, Joette. What a a guy. Yeah, he's adorable, isn't he? Yes. (laughs) Yes, and I love that you told us at the beginning how he he still to this day stands up. I'm going to make my husband start standing up every time I leave the table. (laughs) Well, we also taught our children to stand up when an adult comes in the room, shake their hand, look them in the eye. That was all a part of my husband's training. My husband's an old New England prep. Mm Mm-hmm. He is. He's just an old preppy. And that's <laughs> and now he's an old preppy. <laughs> a, a renaissance man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So I have a I have a lot of respect for him as well. As you can see, folks, when you listen when you listen listen to this, that he's a good guy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for thank you, Perry, for letting us. Um, you know, grab you and interview you. I know that was a little bit out of your comfort zone. So that was pretty awesome of you to let us do that. So thank you so much. Thank okay. You. Bye, Paula. Thanks. Are you or someone you know a mom with Moxie? Well, we're on the hunt for you. And of course, we don't want to hear just from moms, but from anyone who uses and loves homeopathy. Reach out to my podcast team and let us know why you're a mom with Moxie. For more information, contact podcast at joettecalabrese.com.